Today's reading comes from Isaiah 43, verses 16 to 21. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, he drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honour me. The jackals and the owls because I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland. To give drink to my people, my chosen the people I form for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Lydia's Trotter was an inspirational artist and a missionary who served God in Algeria in North Africa and wrote that letter in the year 1915, which was over a hundred years ago. Now, Algeria was a tough context for her to work, but she spent 40 years of her life bringing the light and the love of Jesus to the Arab community of North Africa. Ahead of her time in vision and strategy, she established 13 mission stations and enlisted 30 colleagues to help her. Art had always been essential to her and she listened attentively to the voice of God, both through scripture and in creation. She expressed it in words and in pictures. And this inspiring message from her speaks into every generation. And it is especially relevant to us today as she highlights that verse from Isaiah, See, I am doing a new thing, says the Lord. Some weeks ago, I spoke about the different phases of a major national or international crisis. Those are generally known as the response phase, the recovery phase and the reconstruction phase. When we think about the impact of coronavirus across the world, then globally, we're still in the response phase. International travel is very limited. The risk of transmission is very real. Full lockdowns are still happening in some parts of the world and many restrictions still apply. These are all features of the response phase to this particular crisis. But overlapping that, here in the UK and in many other countries, we are moving more into the recovery phase where activities are picking up, where there is much more travel where we're increasingly engaging with one another face to face. But this phase also has its challenges attached to it. Life is still very different and all kinds of anxieties and concerns quickly surface in unexpected moments. Now September is the start of the academic year and that often comes with a sense of new beginnings in church life too. But this year it's all very different. And it would be easy to get discouraged because of those things that we cannot do. But instead, I believe we need to be encouraged by what God is already doing and what he has in store ahead of us. We do remain in a challenging place with the risk of coronavirus still very real. But equally, we're in a place of great opportunity. For us, the recovery phase does not need to be a negative time, but a time of formation or rather of reformation as we rediscover what the church is really all about 
And as we hear these words from the Lord, see, I am doing a new thing. The illustration has sometimes been used of learning to ride a bike and how there comes that moment when you take the stabilizers off. It's a bit scary. It's a bit wobbly at first. But then as confidence grows, it becomes more exciting. And I think there's a sense in which some of our stabilizers in life have been removed and we're learning to ride again. A pathway of Christian discipleship that is based on daily trusting in Jesus Christ. A new pathway of faith which is challenging for us. And these words in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 are especially relevant here. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? The past can teach us very important lessons, but it must not blind us from seeing what God is doing now, nor hold us back from the new pathways of faith where God is calling us to go. For the Israelite nation, the past event referred to in this passage was the exodus from Egypt and how God made a pathway through the sea which was essential to the nation's deliverance. And that was an amazing moment. Why forget it? Actually, they were not being asked to forget it. But rather, the meaning of these words is more that the nation was called to stop clinging on to that past event as the only act of deliverance. There was more to come. The promise was of a new deliverance out of exile, a new pathway through the desert, refreshing water, bringing life to both the creation around them and to the people of Israel. And most importantly for us today, God is calling us today to open our eyes to see a new thing which he is doing among us now, a new pathway of faith and of discipleship which he is calling us to follow. The gospel has not changed, the scriptures have not changed, Jesus has not changed, but our pathway of faith is moving in a new direction and we need to see this and grasp it to the full. So what are the characteristics of that new pathway of faith that God is calling us to follow today? A pathway of faith and hope where the stabilizers of our bikes have been removed, where the new challenges and opportunities are opening up to us. Well, this section of the sermon came to me in the middle of the night earlier this week. It's not often that I'm unable to sleep, but on this occasion I lay awake considering these words. And this is what I felt God was saying about the new pathways within the same faith, under the same Lord, among the same people of the same church. Five aspects of what is springing up at the present time. And the first is this, that it is less of events and more of discipleship. Less events and more discipleship. For many people, our earlier pathway of faith involved a lot of events, meetings, activities, projects. And they were all very good indeed. But some are now not possible. And others may not be so necessary. As the focus shifts to what it really means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Every day is an event day in the Christian calendar, because we wake up every day asking ourselves, how can I best live for Jesus today? Who does he want me to meet, to contact, to support and to encourage? 
How is my faith being lived out in my workplace today, in the judgments I make, in the conversations I have? Of course, we long to be able to worship as a larger congregation, to sing, to talk, to see and to hear from one another. And some of those things we will be able to begin to do in some form very soon. But other things will wait for a little while longer. But the church in its history has not just survived through times of restriction. It has thrived because the Spirit of God is not bound by anything. And we can each grow in our faith and our discipleship through this time. Less events and more discipleship. And the second characteristic of the pathway of faith at the moment is less independence and more community. Now, at first glance, it may seem as if community is the very thing we crave but cannot have at this point in time. And whilst that's true of the larger gatherings of the whole congregation, we can actually build a strong sense of community by meeting in smaller groups, by engaging with a few people in a deeper way, and allowing others to think, others to influence rather, how we think and act. I do feel that sometimes the busy activity of our earlier event-filled lives, sometimes in those times our relationships were too shallow. And in the present time we have the opportunity for strengthening the way that we relate to one another through the less formal con uh, con uh, connections of our smaller groups. You will know the government guidelines, that up to six people from two households can meet together, inside or outside. You can read that either as a restriction or as an opportunity. Heed the restriction, but grasp the opportunity. You can meet with other people on a small scale, face to face, in a way that is appropriate and which helps to build a sense of community. The third characteristic of our pathways at the present time is that they're less physical and more digital. Now, there's no doubt that the novelty of digital platforms wore off a long while ago, but they have also transformed our lives. A few weeks ago, I had a birthday on a Saturday and decided to hold a Zoom birthday breakfast. I sent out the link and invited anyone in our wider family to come online, I think it was between 9.30 and 10.30 to chat, and maybe while they were eating a relaxed Saturday breakfast. And we had about 15 devices connected, family members from all across the UK, brothers, sisters, children, grandchildren, nephews, nieces, and it was a great gathering, it was great fun to be able to talk to them all and for them to talk to each other. But most exciting of all was that our daughter, who is in Uganda, and was to, who was traveling at the time from the west of Uganda back to Kampala and was really in open remote countryside, stopped their vehicle by the roadside and she joined in from her phone. Now, a few years ago, that would have been quite a story. Not now, because we expect that level of digital communication, so we're not over surprised by it. On Breakfast TV one morning this week, there was a clip about new businesses and how the trend is to be equally successful in the digital and physical markets. The church is not a business, but we do have an identity, a purpose and a mission. And these can all be worked out both in our physical 
and our digital gatherings and presentations. Not long ago, we would have been saying the church needs a website and needs a good website. But now we say that the very life of the church is expressed both physically and digitally. The same gospel, the same Lord, the same people, but on a pathway of faith that has new characteristics. Fourthly, in exploring this new pathway of faith, something about less rush and more stillness. In previous times, we have exhausted ourselves by rushing around, and our vast amount of travel has not done our planet any good either. The complete lockdown forced a closure on all of that. But in more recent times, road travel in particular has returned to near normal levels, even if other forms of transport are much quieter. And it begs the question, do we really need to rush around? Or is God calling us to a pathway of faith which has more room for contemplation, for stillness, for quiet and for prayer? These disciplines need to be rebuilt into our more normal lives so that it's a natural part of how we live. I spoke a few weeks ago about work and rest on the front line, the rhythms of daily prayer, of weekly Sabbath, of other times of stillness and prayer. And maybe we caught a glimpse of something which now needs to be more deeply embedded in our lifestyle. But the final thought that I share with you this morning is far more important than any of the others. Because all of those comments I've just made are relatively superficial compared to this, that ultimately the pathway of faith we're following now has less of ourselves and more of Jesus. This is what God is doing. He's calling us to make less of ourselves and more of Jesus. And this came home to me especially as I thought about the background of the passage that we've been looking at. There was no way that the Israelite nation could possibly have got themselves out of Egypt and into the promised land. Only God could do that. There was no way that they could have possibly got themselves out of Babylon and back to Jerusalem after the exile. Only God could do that. There is no way that we can navigate ourselves out of our present situation into a deeper life of faith and hope and love. Only God can do that. And this is the new pathway of faith that he is calling us to follow. Yes, it will have some of the characteristics that I've already spoken about, but ultimately, this will be a pathway of faith where it is less of ourselves and more of Jesus Christ. This next chapter will be a new exodus, a new return from exile, a new deliverance from darkness, a new discovery of the wonderful grace and power of God, less of ourselves and more of Jesus Christ. So this morning, as you sit listening to this, wherever you are, I invite you to come to that place where you surrender your heart and life to Jesus. And however you're feeling at the moment about life, about church, about faith, that you will come to that place where you can sincerely offer your life completely to Jesus and allow him to lead you 
into this uh, newer pathway of faith with the same Lord enabling you to discover him today and to follow him closely.